Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Fast Break Podcast. This is Gerald Glassman. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day also twice a week wherever you get your podcast plus also game source inside sports fantasy football the great folks at lakersball.com go ahead and check out joe soro today as ox1947 at lakersball.com plus also if you can go ahead and help him out if you are in the southern california area and you need your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today go ahead and check out symblades symblades with a y.com also as well, the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast for you to be in the know. You got to know about the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Go ahead and check out the guys each and every time out wherever you get your podcast. Laker Tom is the number one Lakers blogger, didn't you know? And you got to go ahead and check out what he is writing up today at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friends also as well, Mr. Jamie Sweet. Right there for you is five things articles at Lakerholics.com and our good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. And if you can support all that, plus like and subscribe to us here on YouTube. Go ahead and support us. We're at 500 subscribers, and but we need more, more, more. So go ahead. If you like what we do, subscribe today. And if you can, it is dearly appreciated. The Lakers coming off that terrible loss Friday where they really could have taken advantage of the schedule and had the standings. We were all kind of down, especially hearing the news that Stephen Curry was going to be back healthy for Sunday's game. Prime time right there as far as national TV audience on ABC did not spell great for the Lakers, but the Lakers seeing 
that the Golden State Warriors this season have absolutely stunk on the road, took full advantage of that by getting off to a 20-point lead and with a solid, solid, solid game from everybody that was helping out, including Austin Reeves with 16, Malik Beasley with 12, Dennis Schroeder with 11, Troy Brown Jr. with 14, Jared Vanderbilt 10 points, 13 rebounds, but he didn't even come back until late in the fourth quarter, so it was kind of worried about that but he he looks like he was uh, back in there for a little bit at the end but Anthony Davis 39 points eight rebounds six assists and two block shots and the Lakers fended off a strong early fourth quarter charge by Stephen Curry who had a pretty good game of his own 27 points in his return Clay Thompson at 22 but they fended off the Golden State Warriors with a 113 105 victory. They're now 31 and 34, just a half game out of the plan. Still in 11th place in the Western Conference. And here today to talk about today's game, I've got some awesome people indeed. We're going to go ahead and start off with the first man here, first man up. You got to go ahead and check him out with the rest of the guys talking about the NBA draft at the Upside Swings NBA Draft podcast. It is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Stone Hansen. Stone at report underscore court on Twitter. Great to have you here. Great game for the Lakers that they were able to fend off all the charges from the Lakers uh, in that first half. They were, you know, they had the second quarter, which really just was not really good for the team after they had that 20-point lead. They cannot extend it. They actually gave almost all of it up. But still, they were able to stay in front the whole time. I thought that was kind of like a psychological thing for them, that as long as they stayed in front, Everything would be okay. Questionable things every now and then as far as the rotations. Wonder why Vanderbilt didn't get much more time in the fourth quarter. Or, you know, actually, I don't understand why he didn't get any time at all playing on Curry. I thought that would have been a better matchup for him. But you know what? Questions aside, the Lakers still did enough to get the job done. Yeah, I thought that, that over the last four or five games, this has probably been our best game that we've played as a team collectively. Um, I think that uh, rotationally, there are still probably some questionable decisions that were made. Um, but every game that we've played so far without D'Angelo Russell and um, LeBron James, Anthony Davis has really stepped up, whether it be defensively or offensively. Um, obviously, there's health concerns with him on his own, but uh, over the course of this sort of stretch where we've been pretty banged up, um, he has definitely uh, picked up whatever slack there is. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, Austin Reeves also came up huge for us. Uh, he's been playing very well uh, the past few games. Um, and I think that uh, definitely someone, you know, I think we should look to extend uh, this summer uh, as someone that's continued, continuing to improve as a shooter uh, and also uh, continuing to improve as like more of a connective passer. I don't know if he's really sort of an initiator, but I think off of these secondary and tertiary passes, um, he's really good at finding the open guy and keeping those hockey assists up. Rotationally, I think that Mo Bamba getting hurt is obviously, you never want someone to get hurt, but I don't think that we are missing much with him now off of the court. Um, I think it forces uh, Darvin Ham's hand into playing winning Gabriel, which I uh, have been harping on is the better option. Hachimura, I just don't really see why he's playing any minutes in the rotation, to be quite honest. Uh, he's 
not really helping us in any way whatsoever. Uh, and his vaunted past... mid-range game has really not been there in the past week or two. Yeah, over the last 10 games, he's shot over 50% in three of them and only over 40% in four of them. Uh, and so it's not been very good. And he shot three of 20 from three in the last or uh, in the last 10 games. So 15% from three in 10 games. Uh, it's not a huge sample size, but it's not a tiny one either. And if he's not spacing the floor, why is he out there? Because he's pretty much outside of the one game where he had those three incredible blocks, which is the best defense I've ever seen Hachimura play. Uh, he's not really helping us in any way. So I would rather just spread those minutes across and, and give guy shorten our rotation and give guys like um, Reeves or uh, even Lonnie Walker, who has his own issues, but it is probably an improvement over Hachimura and Gabriel if he needs size. Uh, I think they just help us in more ways than what Hachimura currently is. Um, so as far as rotations, that that's the two guys that I don't think we really need in our lineups. Uh, you also have Max Christie just sitting there. Um, start incorporating him a little bit more. Give him eight, ten minutes here and there within the games. You don't, you don't need what Hachimura is doing, so why not give Christie some of those minutes? Uh, it just doesn't really make sense to me. But uh, this was definitely a much tighter game defensively that we played. I thought we had better help rotations. There were still issues in terms of letting guys take wide open shots. We got a little tighter though. Uh, Beasley was a little bit better and rotationally. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 113-105. Right now we have for you the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, the man behind Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out what he and Jamie Sweet are doing today at Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom at Laker Tom. Great to have you here, my friend. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this. Again, we're going to nitpick a little bit from here and there, and I did a little bit in my intro, but you know what? The Lakers did enough to fend off a returning Stephen Curry, and and just to me, it also shows that the Lakers can put enough together to win against decent teams, but also shows me that I really think that if Darvin Ham really sees the bigger picture sometimes instead of just sticking to those rotations, he can actually see his way clear to get this team some victories. I think this was one of those games that really epitomizes exactly what kind of team we've got, which is without LeBron James and D'Angelo Russell, we really lack a lot of playmaking and uh, scoring ability and shooting ability. A lot of our shots, these are probably our second and third best players or first and third best player depending on where you put Anthony Davis. So the truth of the matter is, is with, with those two guys out, every game is a crapshoot. And, and we've seen three of them, and we've won two of the three games. So, you know, I give a lot of credit to the fact that we were close. We were close in the other games. We were close in this game, but we seemed to pull it out in this game and, and played pretty well. The Warriors are a strange team because they probably can get hot faster and longer than almost anybody else in the game with the shooters that they got, you know, just Clay and Clay and Steph alone when you throw Poole when he's hot and anybody else and it's just an added bonus on it. So they're really not a great defensive team anymore. And they're really not a great team anymore. <laughs> they're right about right about where the Lakers are without with all of the injuries that we've had, you know. So this is a good sign. Every win that we can get with Anthony Davis and stay close. You know, I think that 
even if LeBron doesn't come back, we're probably going to make the play-in tournament, but it's probably going to be the ninth or tenth spot. And then you got to win two games, and you're in the ninth or tenth spot, and that's that's a pretty big toll just to get into the playoffs, you know, and have a chance to then go against the one of the top six teams. But that's where we are, you know. Our chances are basically slim and none, you know. And so as long as we keep as long as we keep slim in the ball game, you know, I'm happy. And uh, and this was this is one of those games where, you know, I, it's great to see all of the all of the guys that show up every game now with uh, Gerald. That used to be that was just Gerald and I. Back in our day, and Tom. Back in the lonely days. So anyway, I I was willing to take advantage of it, you know. And 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 basically, this is what a this was one of those games where I call. I'll join the gang if it's a win, but I'm not going to sit around and whine and moan when it's a loss, you know? Uh, so anyway. At least you're I off. waited until the last minute to set up all my stuff because it was pretty close. I didn't know which way the game was going to go. You know, I've, you've reached that point even when you're the eternal optimist like I am where you realize that our chances are pretty slim. You know what I mean? And in our record of, of bad, bad injury luck and bad injury news is is just really pretty terrible, you know. I mean, I I expected that, you know, that that Dennis would be having some problems, and obviously that is probably affecting his game. He's, you know, we we just do not have enough playmaking and enough scoring when Dennis is not really being aggressive. So to win the game tonight when he would really had an off game, I mean, uh, you look at the plus minus of the starters, and it's like twenty five and twenty and fifteen and six, and then it's minus. 10 for Dennis or something like that. So it's not a it's not a pretty picture, although he made some great plays at the end. The only interesting thing I thought about the rotations, and I know that Ham gets a lot of criticism and and he he like he like Vogel has his favorites and he just he just resists not playing him. You know, it's almost like he's happy that Delo's injured so that he can start Dennis, you know. Otherwise he'd have to probably move Dennis into the start, you know, into the second second uh, lead guard starting spot you know he has these quirks you know he likes he likes brown and troy's i I love troy's shooting and but man i never see him make a great defensive play um it's really rare he's he's always it's like a step a step too late or a minute or a second second too late on every play and don't get me wrong for what we're paying him as a minimum salary player he's definitely a keeper that i'd love to have on the team but as the 11th to 15th player, not as the 6th to 10th player. Well, it's so funny, Tom, because, you know, his career, he's been known as a playmaker or secondary playmaker, like Stone said, mm-hmm. and like a defensive player and right. who never made his living off the shot because he's been so, he was such a terrible shooter for most of his career, even in college. So it's funny how it's transforming into something more. Tra- While his shooting is getting better, his defense yeah. is... This is not a, you know, it's interesting. This is, there, there was an article recently where they were contrasting the defense in the 80s and versus the defense today before they changed the three-point rule where they have the defensive three-point second rule. They used to not have that. It used to be that if you were through the ball to a guy in the low post and everybody else on your team was above the free throw line, everybody else on the defense had to be, had to be guarding the guys above the free throw line. You couldn't go below the line. It was one-on-one basketball. And the same thing outside. If you put all four guys underneath and you put Steph Curry up on top, he'd have a one-on-one game. And so it's it's changed completely now with the three-second rule replacing the three-second defensive rule replacing it. And was there more physicality back then? Um, 
yeah, because it was a lot of it was one-on-one basketball right underneath the basket. You know, I mean, who wouldn't? If you could put Shaquille O'Neal underneath the basket or Wilt Chamberlain underneath the basket and only one guy could guard him, you know, it's it's a, that's a recipe for success. The Lakers, you know, today, we didn't win the free throw battle. You know, we won it by three points, I think. We still lost the three-point shooting battle. And we won, the, we won the points in the paint battle, which is the one that we really live on, primarily because of Anthony Davis. You know, it's funny. I read this criticism of Davis. But he is keeping his team alive when it's missing its number one and number three players. You know, and both of them major playmakers and major scorers. And Dennis is not really, Dennis is a score first point guard, really. He should be. At his best, he's a score first point guard. He's not, you know, but but he's what we got. And, uh, you know, and uh, hey, he played well in the second half. I'm sure if you look at the stats between the first half and second half, you know, when once the NBA.com publishes those things, you'll see that he, he was a very big force in the second half. So Similar to what we saw in OKC. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was hoping when I looked at the first half stats. It was like, oh, God, Dennis. You know, it was like three points and, you know, minus 12 at the half. Um, so, it, you know, do we need another guard? Should we bring up, the, you know, the, the kid from the kid on the, the kid who's our two-way player is a pretty good playmaker. And he definitely knows how to run an offense. You're talking uh, about Pippen Jr.? Pippen Jr., you know, uh, there's a lot to say about possibly bringing him up if you really needed a ball. You needed. See, our problem isn't that our our secondary playmakers right now are Reeves and Reeves and and um, Lonnie Walker, and both of them are guys who probably are good playmakers, but they're gonna pass. They're gonna shoot two out of three times when they got the ball. You know, even if they're going underneath the hoop, they're going to shoot two or three times. And so they're not they're not the guys who are who constantly move the ball, who know where to throw that first pass so that things open up, who see what the play is. Guys who are floor generals. You know, we don't have anybody who's capable of doing that. And we lost the game, frankly, against Minnesota because they had a playmaker. They had a guy who could do that at the end of the games. Guy that we've rejected and swapped out and trade so that we could get D'Lo instead, which was Mike Conley. Conley can shoot the three, which he did to kill us, and he can he can run the floor. He knows where and who to throw the ball to at the end of the game, even if it's a pretty new team. Um, so, you know, that's what we're missing with D'Lo. You know, he knows how to do that, too, and so does LeBron, obviously. You got those – you got your best two guys that, who are basically – to make a smart decision to close out a game. You know, the, what was good this game – all along was the dedication to get the ball to run it through Anthony Davis. Because if you're not a guard, that's the only thing you got to make sure he touches the ball every single game. Even if they double and triple team, him, you know, he's got to touch the ball every single time down the court. So big win for the Lakers that, you know, gives us a good chance. I think even if LeBron doesn't come back to work our way up to seven or eight and, and to have just a single game in the play in tournament, I think, I think it's out of, I don't think there's any chance in the world that we're going to, unless LeBron miraculously showed up the next day, that we're going to make the top six. But we can win, but we can make seven or eight and win one of those seats to go into the playoffs. And nobody's going to want to face the Lakers at seven and eight. This is Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies.com. 
and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that, and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win today against the Golden State Warriors, 113-105. They're 31-34, and a half game out of the Western Conference play-in picture. Joe Soro is here. He's the man behind Oxide247 and LakersBall.com, plus also as well. Simblades, if you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today, and leave live in the SoCal area, it is Simblades.com. And Joe, great to have you here, my friend. A great part of our first and very late fourth quarter playbacks today. I will ask you this, my friend. When it comes to AD, he scored 38 on Friday. He scored 38 today. But we're talking about him in a totally different context as far as him being a better part of what the Lakers are doing. 38 on Friday, it just seemed like it was not just enough or it just was not, you know, just something that was going to help this listless team get to a victory against Minnesota. But today it seemed like the energy that he provided really was good enough to make the Lakers fend off Stephen Curry in that fourth quarter. Well, the difference between tonight or today and Friday was timely shooting by his role players. Troy Brown Jr. had what likely would have been his best game as a Laker today. Every three he hit seemed to be at the perfect time. And that was really the difference in this game where the Warriors kept looking like they were going to make a run from a 5, 7, 10, 20-point deficit. But then all of a sudden, the Lakers would come back and hit five, six, seven in a row point-wise. And I've seen enough of these kind of games in, in my life to, to kind of start gauging. Sometimes they do get away from you. But I was noticing right around the second quarter to the, to the third quarter, I go, this is just going to be one of those games where it's going to be a yo-yo. The, the Lakers are going to throw the yo-yo. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go long, and then it's going to start to kind of come back. And then they're going to keep, you know, it, sometimes it'll be longer, sometimes it'll be shorter. But I, I, it was just one of those games where I never felt like the Lakers were ever really going to let go of that lead. Even if it got down to a tie, even if it got down to one, every time that happened, they have an answer where they'd go back up four, five, six points. And all that is just because of timely hitting, timely shooting. Timely shooting is just as important as anything else in this in this timely game. shot selection is really what it is. And they had open they had open shots. Okay, so how does that how is that differ from Friday? The difference is the guys got open shots to where we didn't really have that on Friday. I don't know if it was Golden State's defense or just AD's effectiveness tonight. He was a lot more aggressive. This was, this is why he's great. Aggressive AD can score 39. Non-aggressive AD can score 39. 
But this is not about numbers. This is not about numbers. We get so enamored with numbers, especially in this day and age. It doesn't. We we've seen a players, former Lakers that are averaging triple doubles for an entire season, and they can't win jack squat. It's not about the numbers. AD, it's about his aggressiveness. And when he's making those drop steps and those 15-footers and those 20-footers and he's hitting threes, you are going to have a major problem trying to guard that. And if he's aggressive on top of that and he's playing defense, that's why, That's why, unfortunately, AD is going to end up going to – he's going to end up being a first ballot Hall of Famer who's won on every level at every in every league that he's played in and yet still probably come up short in his career in terms of his accomplishments. You're always going to feel like there was something more. Yes. AD, he still has time, I guess. But AD not winning an MVP is a huge negative for his career because he is an MVP. He does things very few players have ever been able to do. And that even goes – Again, with some of the greats, LeBron, MJ, Kobe, Shaq, he could do it all. He can do it all. But he he just hasn't been able to put it all together in an 82-game season. So tonight, timely shooting was key. And Anthony Davis's aggressiveness for an entire game. It was really, really nice to watch. I really enjoyed the game. And... I'm just happy that we were able to watch it. I I, I I didn't expect anything tonight. I really don't anymore. I just kind of turn the game on and see what happens. But tonight was a nice, it was a really entertaining game. And I, I enjoyed it. And it felt good to know right around the third quarter. I just had a feeling. I was like, you know what? It just doesn't look like Golden State can get past them. They're making these shots. They're coming back every time. But it just seems like the Lakers keep, Letting them get close, but then they they extend the lead and they did it. Yeah, the, the closest end. they got to was tie. They yeah, tied that's it. it. And that happens. That you you watch you watch uh, eighty two games throughout the year, especially if it's you know your team. You 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 know that 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 you know that situation. It's it, it happens a few times a year, and this was one of those years. This is one of those games. And Golden State Warriors, for some weird reason just don't play as well against the Lakers, no matter what team they, they play against, whether it's a full team, whether it's a LeBron and AD team, whether it's, you know, the the, the role players taking the, uh, the taking the reins on a, on a game. It's just that the Lakers seem to play that particular team very, very well. And right now, you know, looking at what we're looking at here for the next day, next game, we, we are going to have an advantage in that Charles Moran isn't playing uh, we have a couple other players from Memphis that aren't playing. Brandon uh, Clark is Brandon uh, Clark is not playing, and then I think Achilles, what, yeah. who, uh, what was it? Uh, who got suspended for a game? Uh, Dylan Brooks, but he will but be, he'll back be back because of, okay. it was because of sixteen technicals. Yeah, for, uh, Memphis. Dylan Brooks, aka the forty-six chromosome. Yeah, for, the the <laughs> Lakers are the, the 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 Memphis Grizzlies seem to be unwrap. I don't want to say. I don't know if I want to use. Yeah, the they are. They are. They are. So take advantage of this teams. Yeah, take advantage of this, guys. Win on Tuesday, and if if a few things go our way as Laker fans, there's a very big possibility that they might be able to end Tuesday night's game in the 10th spot. So you think this could be finally the week? Finally the week we get into the top No, 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 no. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. 
I, I'm going game by game. I'm very proud of how they played tonight. I'm very proud of how Anthony Davis played tonight. They played extremely well tonight against a motivated Golden State Warriors team with their main guy back. But I'm just leaving it at tonight. I am not playing this. We are on, we're going to get on a roll. We're the best yeah. thing since hot bread and yeah, sliced butter. We are. Hot bread and sliced butter. We are still 31 and 34. And like our good friend from the previous show, uh, I believe he was a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, saying that the Timberwolves were a very good team. Folks, when you have when you're a game over 500 this late in the season, you are not a good team. No, you are, you are just a small. You're not little, even a 500 team. You're, you're you're this much over mediocrity. Okay, I'm sorry, but that's facts. With a Z, with a T, with an X, whatever you want to put on there. Yeah, it's like, okay. hey, hey, we won, uh, we won the uh, AFC North, and we won seven games. Yeah, yeah I, that, I, that, that doesn't mean you're a good team. Right. They, there was a, there was a guy that told one of my buddies that, hey, man, the Dodgers are gonna go. They're they're, they're gonna win their eleventh straight, eleventh out of twelfth division title. I almost threw up when I heard that. I said, are you kidding me right now? Am I gonna have to answer that? We're not here to win division titles. We're not here to win best record titles okay the lakers are either going to win a championship or not right now we need to enjoy each game as best as much as we can and that's it uh, i enjoyed the game tonight i had a great time watching it and that's that's where i'll leave it once again it's the lakers fast break again the lakers do win 113-105 over golden state they do play on tuesday like we said against the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant and also without Brandon Clark. Uh, hopefully that won't get into the Lakers' head and they'll just give another lackluster effort like we saw on Friday. But also here today to talk about today's game, good man indeed. He's the madman for Toronto. He just can't get out of Toronto traffic unless he is shoveling snow mm-hmm. in his neighborhood. It is the Magic Man, the guy who is the host of Magic Man in the Morning right here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here, my friend. When it comes to what you saw today, the energy, I think, from the get-go was so much better than what it was on Friday, which is very concerning because in those must-have games where you know you could actually bolt into the Western Conference Top 10, they didn't take advantage of it. But then you see a game like today, uh, which gives you kind of hope. I'm so, I'm hopeful. I'm not as confident as Laker Tom on this because, you know, everything is lining up for the Lakers to be in the top 10 by the end of this week. But then again, we saw that on on Friday. When it's on a silver platter, the Lakers have a tendency to knock that silver platter away from and not take advantage. Well, I yeah, don't think I- the number one's qualify as a silver platter. I mean, well, I meant as far as it was there, it was there. Everybody played pretty well for you. No, but Tom, I'm saying they had a game against a mediocre team with everybody above them losing on that night. They would have actually vaulted into, I think, and that would have been the case today, too. You know, that could have been the case today. Utah still could lose, but no, they would still be 11th because of the tiebreaker against Utah. So, but they would be tied with them. Yeah, but all we want to do is get into the next group of people who are. 10th and above, you know, there's a, there's a group of people that are right now sitting with 32 losses, 33 and 32 losses. Those are the people we want to be with. We don't want to be sitting with the guys with 34 losses, which is what we are. 
We want to move up into the 32, the 33s. You want to get all those people with 33 losses. Clippers, the Jazz, and the Pelicans. Well, it's right there, Tom. It's right there for us to get. It's right there. Yeah, we play all of those teams. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, it 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 is right there, but it it almost it almost feels like like it's just like slowly slipping away, like very (laughs) slowly. Like you see the you see yourself moving towards space and not towards the ship anymore. Yeah, Gerald, Friday's. Friday's game sucked, man. We really needed to sweep this weekend. We really, like, they really Stop needed that game. It. Yeah. Stop sugarcoating it. Tell yeah. us how you really feel. Yeah, it sucked because tonight tonight's win is great, but it makes me think. Well, yeah, okay. So you slammed into the brick wall Friday. Now you're back on the road, and I don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday night because. It's just sitting right there for you, too. Jamie's trap game. It feels like one, especially especially with all the ceremony uh, regarding POW and the energy of the building. It really feels that way. Uh, I I got the bad feeling about it, too, Tom. Can we Um, get by that? (laughs) Yeah, if you could get by that, I think the, the rest of the week... Who knows, Gerald? They play the Raptor. They play the Raps on Friday. That the Raptors that, still winning. They they've been winning recently, haven't they? Uh, they're still yeah. under five hundred. They're under five hundred, but they're they've been very better over the past fifteen games. That's not an easy game. And then the Knicks have been playing real well. I don't. I like. Oh man. I like. If 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 Darvin Ham wasn't willing to put Vando on uh, Steph Curry, he better be willing to put him on Jalen Brunson. Because that guy can and might kill us. You know that um, you brought up a good, you brought up a really good point there, Sean. Which is, if I have any criticism right now of, of what Darwin Ham's doing, it's that he hasn't really taken Vanderbilt and put him into, fixed him into a role, saying that you know, listen, you're going to guard the entire game against the best scorer on the other team, and the only time we're going to take you out of that role. Is if some other scorer gets hotter and you got to switch over to him, but otherwise, you got to make your bread. You got to make your share of contributing to a win with the defensive effort that you put and stopping and making sure that that guy doesn't get his average. If he because he needs a role like that, he had ten points, but you don't want guys in the starting lineup, even role players that can't score double digits, can't average double digits, you know? Well, that that was another positive, Tom. Six guys had double figures yep. tonight. Yep. And the only guy off the bench who did was uh, Austin. Right. It, it looks like in, in lieu of no LeBron and no D'Lo, uh, and I'd like to get uh, everybody else's thoughts on this, it looks like he's, Ham's willing to live with a, a 50-50 split between uh, Schroeder running the point and Reeves running the point. Well, I don't think he's got any other choice. Well, the other choice. No, well, he does. Is, is he does. Lonnie, they're not Lonnie, good. Lonnie, yeah, they're not good though. Yeah. They're no, not good no, choices. No. Right. They're not good no. choices. You know what they are? They're guys. They're guys who can run a pick and roll. That's it. You, know? you want you want to be a secondary playmaker? Can you run a pick and roll? Doesn't matter if you can throw a good pass off of. Sometimes when you get a drive to the rim and and they pick you up and you pass out for a three or. You do a dime to guy right underneath the basket. The thing that's different about having a real point guard is is 
is like what Chris Paul and did, did you see the game before that? He what killed Chris them. Paul during the game just control who gets the ball when and where. What play they run, what you know, everything just from what decide he I'm gonna go to the left this time, I'm gonna go to the right this time, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right down the middle. I mean you a point guard is a whole different it really is there's a difference between a guy who can distribute and get a lot of assists. Russell Westbrook, okay, versus a guy who can control the tempo and the tone of the game, who makes the plays at the right time, who gets rewarded for that last defensive play and so forth. Just make sure to keep the team in balance and humming. And we don't have that. Dennis has a little bit of that, but, you know, he can, you know, he's the guy one out of two games, he'll give you a good game. You know, he's not going to give you two out of three. Sorry. This won't happen. Stone, let me ask you this. When it comes to what you saw, though, I mean, I understand that you were thought, okay, you've come to grips with the fact that, you know, the Lakers are not a play-in team or you really don't have much value as far as being in the play-in. But is there any way that you could see where the Lakers can find themselves with a with maybe a small push, even a two and three game winning streak right now, that they can go ahead and find themselves in a position that gets you a little bit more confident about confident about what this team can do. Uh I mean, I was thinking about this actually since the last podcast that we did, and it's I'm still in the same boat of what is the end game with the Lakers. If we get to the play in uh, if we get and we play the Kings, maybe we have an opportunity to get past the first round and every, if everybody's healthy because the, the style of Kings basketball being played right now isn't viable for the playoffs. Um, they're just trying to outscore everybody. And so far, to their credit, they've done a good job. But when it comes to playoff basketball, it's not as viable a play style. Um, so I, I have optimism that we'd be able to beat the Kings. Memphis is falling apart if they continued and all the dominoes went our way and they continued to fall apart. Maybe, but uh, again, like what we have is a team that is not, they're not probably going to beat Denver. Um, They're not going to beat Phoenix. Uh, The end goal is, is to win a championship. And I just don't see that anymore with the team that we have. We we don't have what it takes to go all the way and, and contend for a championship even if we got past the West, there's no what way we'd be. Change? What does well, that change? As far as what? As far as what we do for the rest of the year, we can't make any. We trade can't exactly. That we're stuck. We're so stuck you, on this team. You still and go enough. out and you still go out and do the things that you have to do. To I'm try not. To yeah, I'm not decisions, saying make decisions based upon. It's not like you can. I tank. kept hearing people say all year long, "Don't trade if it doesn't make you a champion." And I completely disagree with that whole concept because I think this last trade that we made puts us in a so much dramatically better position this summer to make other moves to get oh, to I, the championship level. I agree. I, I 100% agree. I'm just saying for this season, I don't I don't believe getting to the playoff or play in is going to get us very far. So, well, I think it gives us a chance. I, I, I you know. I think our chances are down like you know five percent. I think we have a five percent chance. But Tom, I mean, it's not like you could really tank, guys. It, it, we don't have a choice no, or yeah. option to tank. There's no if you know, right. we got the the my, my whole thought process is: Can you win with AD and LeBron as your best two players, and do you have enough assets and and capital to build a team around them that gets them to championship contention? 
And I don't believe they have that. I don't believe that if you were to re-sign D'Lo and pick up Beasley's option, there's not many free agents out there that are, you know, uh, guys that are acquirable. Um, we don't have the the draft capital because we've used them on, on the two stars. Um, they've, they've gotten us a championship. I'm very thankful for that. But I don't know if we have any more assets and draft capital to get us where we need to go in order to. But nobody contend. thought we had the draft capital to make the trend transition that we just made. The makeover that Rob Palinka just did for the lineup basically was a bunch of expiring contracts and a lightly protected first round pick. We still have one of those lightly protected first round picks in our quiver. We also have our 2023 pick. But, but who is available? Here's the, here's the thing, though. That's here's the thing that's interesting because there's a point where I think the Lakers will come to a realization that the five percent or four percent or two percent or whatever percentage chance we got left to win isn't worth it. So what we now need to find out is: Are we going to keep Pachamura? Are we going to keep you know so and so? Are we going to you know what are we going to do about these guys' contracts coming up? Because um, right now we're playing to win. But Tom, we're can playing, I? We're not playing to maximize our position next summer and know what we're going to do. Can I also say that we also don't know the extent of not just LeBron's injury, but AD's injury. AD, we don't know if he actually is going to have some lingering effects for his foot right. because, yeah, he well, looks great out there now. Do, but... All you can do, Gerald, is just trust that they said he doesn't need an operation. Yeah. There's no my, my my thought process comes down to this: is that you have LeBron and Anthony Davis. Obviously, they're stars. They're stars that have injury histories. And if you if you don't, in the NBA, the way it works is either you build to contend or if you, if you miss that ship, if you don't have that in time, then the ship sails away in AD and LeBron either request for trades or out in free agency before you have the opportunity to to take advantage of their value and get start that rebuild and, and start picks and young players if you were to I lose think, i don't think that's the right approach i completely disagree with that and I, I know that a lot of people feel that exact same way that you do stone that that there's a magical point where you just have to decide can can you win another championship with these these two guys and their injury concerns or or do you or do you reset I think that there's another approach, which is basically what I think the Lakers are trying to do by getting younger and bigger all around, which is let's accept that maybe we're not going to get, maybe we're only going to get 50 games a season from LeBron and 50 games from AD. But if we can keep them healthy through the whole year and, and do what we did during the championship year, when LeBron, when AD didn't have to play center, he could play power forward and, and we had two guys that were big rebounders and shot blockers. Um, we get a bigger lineup. We get some true wing defenders, you know. That's what they're well, trying to do with Achimura and 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 with uh, with. Uh, well, we you know we talked think, about this earlier, Tom. If you had to, Tom, 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 if you had with all the guys we've acquired right now, if you had to say we, we can't keep all of them. Which two would you say right now are the odd men out? Rui and Mo Bamba? Probably. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, all we gave for either one of them was second round picks. And, you know. So you need yeah. to, you need to keep. Yeah, I don't, I think, I think I look at it differently, Sean, because I, I think 
first off, everything changes when you get LeBron and AD back in uh, D'Lo back in the lineup. All of a sudden, you shoving everybody else down two slots of importance. You're taking two guys in the rotation that we've been watching. They ain't going to play. They DNPs. You're adding a lot of shooting, a lot of playmaking. So there are situations where I think that Achimura's mid-range game will be extremely valuable in his size. Um, I don't know if it's going to be valuable enough that we're going to want to reinvest in him. You know? Not for the money he wants. <clears throat> well, yeah, but how he plays will determine what he's going to be also, worth. Is it worth that mid-range game one out of every like five games yeah. when every other game yeah. is? It's like it's Ch- like Why do you think Washington you know, traded these, these guys are role players. Ch- and they're Gerald, not, yeah, they're Gerald, told, Gerald told us to get ready for the for the Rui experience, and it's up and down. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, roller it's coaster. Zero, Usually day, down. Thirty the <laughs> next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. That, no, that's I don't why think, Washington traded If them. I had to say right now, I'd probably say that they wouldn't keep those two guys. But on the other hand, I still think that there are opportunities where we'll find that their value may be more than what we're seeing right now. And when we come to next year, I do think that they, I do think one of the things that team realizes that they've done wrong in the past is the not to have trading chips. Meaning this whole chase for free agency where they want to have all of this cap space every year. And they don't want guys with long-term contracts and they don't want to sign multiple years. They sign Reeves to a two-year deal rather than a three-year deal like every other rookie. Um, they sort of changed that. And, and maybe these guys don't play well enough that they meet the expectation that the Lakers had, but they traded for them with the intention of keeping them. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. And I agree that now, we got that, better. That doesn't necessarily mean that they keep them, you know, and, and I, I think that both Rui and, Mo have not shown what, you know, Bamba, what we needed most not really was a stretch five. We needed a defensive five. I would have, you know, Nerland's Noel was the guy that I wish that they waited and taken. He's the guy I would have liked to see being our backup second. You know, I know you guys had your whole little podcast too. I, I read that or I listened to that. Listen to at least part of it until I finally hung up. Joe is absolutely in favor of Nerland's Noel being a <laughs> Okay, maybe not. But at any rate, but at any rate, you know, the Lakers basically are are trying to build a roster that to some extent makes up and helps LeBron and AD not have to play as many minutes, have as much responsibility, deal with as much physicality. And play as many games, probably, you know. That's one of the big advantages. And I think that that's something that has, I think also LeBron's longevity has sort of convinced them that, okay, let's, we don't have to worry about him right now. We'll have to worry about him in two years or three years, but probably not for the next couple of years. So if that's the case, let's get guys that, that fit for the next three years and let's build, let's build around knowing that these two superstars the Lakers, the Lakers are not going to run away from superstars and trade away guys like that, not unless they demand it. And they're not going to demand it unless things really go downhill. Um, this trade was for next year as well as this year, and that's one of the things that I've always felt confident and and satisfied with the trade, that even if we don't win, it's a trade that the trades we made were the right trades to do for the people 100%. that we got it. Yeah. So, you know, um, hey – until they till they decide to pull the plug, you know, 
the next injury report we get or the whatever it happens to be. Um, you know, you do your best. You do your best around LeBron and AD. And, and I think that the thing that still strikes me is that we have seen both of them play at a level this year that if somehow, some way, by hook or by crook, we can get to the damn playoffs and we have both of them healthy, <laughs> there's not going to be no team that wants to play us. I mean, the issue first is who's going to be first and second? The Denver Grizzlies, one of those two teams? I'll take one of those two teams with a healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Now, we may have a 50-to-1 shot to get there, <laughs> but, man, if we get there, I wouldn't want to be the Denver Nuggets or the Memphis Grizzlies. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 113-105 to 105 over the Golden State Warriors. Great conversation indeed. Glad you were a part of it out there, not only here for Stone, Laker Tom, Magic Man, but Joe, want to hear your thoughts on this. You've been listening to this conversation. I want you to weigh in, my friend. I mean, uh, everybody is – there's no one out there, as far as Laker fans are concerned, that disagrees with Tom or Stone that the Lakers – moves to the deadline aren't better for the Lakers now and long-term. I think, it's just, I think it's just to the extent to where we think these moves are going to take us. I think that's where the, the difference comes in. My interest on next year is zero at the moment. My interest beyond today is zero. Because if we continue to assume, predict, hope, plan – on what happens later, you're going to continue to keep getting disappointed. I don't give a rat's behind what happens in the summer at the moment. I don't care what happens next year. And if you guys are interested in that, and if the crowd wants to hear something, let me put it in perspective for you. That's another year LeBron has to play. That's another year AD has to play. And we also don't know who the hell is going to be on this team next year. So I would worry about next year when we know who they're going to sign, and then we can worry about it then. The bottom line is we don't have any consistency, and we haven't had it, even with the new acquisitions. There's probably not enough time to create any consistency for a couple of reasons. Number one, because we have new players. Number two, no one can stay healthy long enough to create any consistency. But if you look at what's happened, let's say, today, right? What worked out today really, really well that was different from a week ago? I saw more open shots, open shots that the guys made, especially Troy Brown Jr. What does that mean? Well, it means that their spacing was better and AD's aggressiveness and shot-making ability tonight wouldn't allow the Warriors to collapse more than what other teams have been doing. And that's 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 just normal, basic basketball. How does that change when LeBron gets back after the season is done? We make the play-in. LeBron still has to acclimate himself after being out a month. How the hell is that going to work? I don't know. Uh, if I'm basing it off of this year, not very well. And... What happens next year? Geez, I, I, I don't I don't care. <laughs> I don't care at this moment. I want to see uh, basketball like tonight. I want to see basketball like tonight. Why? Because they won. 
if they're playing hard and winning or losing, playing hard, you can tell when someone's playing with all their might. I, I, I'm okay with that. If you're not going to put in the effort or you're not going to adjust well, and it's obvious you're not putting in the effort, i.e. Friday, then I'm not going to really support you. I'm tired of supporting someone who decides to play hard today and not play hard tomorrow. That's that's just it's it's that's the part that I'm tired about. I'm tired of getting my hopes up and then all of a sudden they have a dud when they shouldn't, and then here we are again. And then on top of that, it's even worse when they do play well. It's like, dude, why don't you just play like this? Okay, if you get hurt, fine. At least you went out balling, right? But I know some people look at it differently. So the Lakers, if 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 I had to say something in terms of current future results. I think the Lakers are probably going to make the play-in at this point. There's a very good shot now that they're probably going to get into the play-in. 50-50 by most of the stat nerds. It's okay. Is is LeBron going to turn into LeBron 2016? AD could play like he's been playing. He's young. He's 29 going to be 30. He's in his prime. Yes, that's a good thing. That's something I can I can see happening in their playoff run. But LeBron likely has something pretty bad in his foot. I don't see people with that kind of cast running around with their scooters unless there's something serious. Now, he could be trying to keep the weight off of it, but how the hell is he going to be effective for two and a half months of even more rigorous basketball driving around in a scooter why why because he's trying to keep weight off it right so it doesn't get worse even though they're telling us well it can't get any worse i'm like why the hell is he scooting around that if it can't get any worse no it's because you mobilize a foot injury like that so you don't want him putting any weight joe Joe, you also like ele- got to elevate that. Like Gerald was saying, you have to elevate that kind of injury. Like driving around on a scooter is probably the antithesis of what you want a guy who's hurt doing. Just put it, remember, in the remember, sauna. don't be on the hey, bench on the sidelines. Go to the sauna, work on that foot, rehab that foot, relax the the goal. Know, the goal besides getting up and helping the players right, out on the sideline right, after right. they get fouled. Joe, the Golden State Warriors thought it was a smart idea for Monte Ellis to be on a scooter once too. Guys, you're seeing a little bit of a drop-off with the Warriors. I'm going to use the Warriors as an example here, too, so that you guys understand. Did Steve Kerr all of a sudden forget how to coach? I don't think he has. Is Steph Curry past his prime? Mm, probably not. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe starting. Clay Thompson had his entire leg shredded in two seasons. Draymond Green is getting up there. Uh, you know... After a while, too, mentally, who is mentally able to continue that process of constantly going after it? Sometimes there's a there's there's this that just finally clicks off and it's just like burnt out, and 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 that's the part that we we have to kind of analyze in this thing and seeing how how that kind of plays out. But more than any more more important than anything is I want to concentrate on a game by game basis because. We're having shows after each game. If we're going to continue to talk about the future, 
then we should probably just have separate shows that talk about how we think or hope or prognosticate what may happen. They're, they're on the right path. And I want to say this clearly, okay? They made a mistake last year getting certain players. They've rectified that mistake. So let's be let's compliment Rob and the team for fixing the problem, at least the first part. Now we have to get through the season, see what happens, and then we can figure out if they're going to continue to make better decisions in the summer. My assessment on that is you have to keep the young guys you got, meaning Vanderbilts, the Beasleys, and the D'Angelo Russells. Now, as far as Rui and Bamba, those guys, in my opinion, were not how really. Much, how much would you keep the D'Lo's? It, it, you have to. You have to give the market price. Yeah, you pay whatever it need to to keep them because the salary cap's going up dramatically. There's going to be a new TV contract. Everybody knows the numbers. The numbers are so high next next year that we could even do, doing exactly what Joe didn't want to do, but. The, the cap's going up so fast that we could even be salary cap. We could be hard capped and still be fine. Mm. We have to have youth with skill sets. Those three have youth. Those three are un- with those skill three sets. Are un- they have to be kept. Do not rely on anyone else. There's no one this summer, anyways. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if you even wanted to make something happen. The only way something happens dramatically in the summer is if someone demands to be traded. And you don't really know that until it happens. Yeah, and would like, you rather have those three guys, Vanderbilt, Beasley, and Russell? Would you rather have rather have those three guys or Kyrie Irving? I'd rather have those three guys because those guys no are going to know their role, and you have three to one. So in terms of depth, in terms of preserving AD and LeBron next year, if you have any shot at trying to go after a title next year, then that's the first step. But if you start seeing everybody start leaving – then you can go back to basically saying that this this organization isn't really interested in winning, which I, I'm I don't I'm not gonna say that I don't they're interested in winning, but I hope that this move that they made is solidified. It's not solidified. It's it's not it, continuity until they resign those guys. And and it worked. It already worked, guys. It worked. I'm gonna use uh, the the role players that were traded. You know the guy or, or let go. Uh, as I know some of them weren't the best players in certain spots, but Kuzma couldn't hit an open shot consistently, but he was good on defense. Danny Green couldn't hit shots consistently, uh, and his defense was kind of 50%, but he had this – Danny Green, I always say there's certain guys that are always around winning, and his contribution was that veteran guy that always was around winning, and sometimes that's a benefit. You had KCP, you had uh, uh, Caruso, who were – who were guys that just they they knew their roles and they they were they were key in moments that were important more often than not. These guys play that kind of role. You wanna you want that that's what they're gonna be for. That's what they're gonna that's what's gonna work. So hopefully this summer though, if Rob can get a couple other guys, especially one really good consistent veteran like an Iguodala between 15 and 18, like an equal dollar type player. You get that kind of guy with those young guys. Now you're going to start really taking this seriously and going, okay, if LeBron is only going to play 55 games and if AD is only going to play 60 games next year, then at least you have some players there that can that can bridge the gap. And, of course, when it comes to D'Lo, D'Lo, the reason why we're talking about him is he has a skill set 
that um, that that is actually desperately needed, which is he can shoot and control the ball. Uh, when he's available, when he's available. If he doesn't play on Tuesday and we have to wait to see whether or not he plays on Friday, that'll be two weeks. But he's two he weeks only missed three games angle. all year long before this. Yes, yes. So, you know, to his credit, it's well look, we, we I mean all, what a fluke injury though, you know. We, I mean, we all well, we all kind of said after around ten <laughs> games that would be kind of a good barometer on whether or not we thought the moves were successful. They're yeah. six and three. If we, if we could There's, see those they, they, results. they've been they've been six and three since the trade deadline, yeah. with and three of those games without LeBron. Okay. So I, I think we could safely say it. Um, you know, Stone Stone was saying how he thought uh, Vanderbilt was just going to be a huge shot in the arm for our defense, and my God, has he ever been? Um, you know, it, it it's not as you know he he used to he used to really really fill up the stat sheet on shot deflections and uh, steals and uh you know he's been asked more to be a different kind of defender more of an iso try and go ahead joe I, you brought up vanderbilt i don't want to i don't want to forget this vanderbilt was extend him extend extremely him. extremely extremely valuable today in a way that you're not if you're not paying attention. I mean, you can even look at the number. I mean, if you look at his plus minus, he was 25. Was but watch best. the game. Forget about the 25. Just watch the game. Watch the game. Look where he was during shots. He was just there all the time. He was always there. He was deflecting it, getting the rebound. He was doing stuff that when you're playing basketball, when you're playing a sport. And you have someone that's constantly in your ear. You're like, you're like, and it's not even playing sports. Just if you're doing normal stuff, get, get out, get away from me. Like after a while, your body, your whole mindset's like, damn it. Why is this guy always here? Why is he always like in my, like in my space? That's what he did tonight. Those things matter in basketball. What made the, Dennis Rodman is the greatest nuisance in the history of sports, right? He's the biggest like that's that's what destroyed greats during those runs when he was with the Pistons and the, and the Bulls. So obviously Vanderbilt's not going to be that type of player. He's just a good player. But the point is, these are the type of things you have to look at in terms of value. Are you going to value those things so that your big money players can do what they do well? They need those guys and Lakers. I, I'm pretty sure, based off of this, these acquisitions, that the Lakers learned their lesson. How can you not, right? You learned your lesson. You tried to get a third star. It didn't work. You got back. It's almost like a redo. Like, you got three young players that are fantastic role players, guys that know their roles, that do specific things well. Go into the summer, reevaluate them, and understand that you're going to need at least seven guys to run next year. And I'm talking about seven guys that know exactly who they're, what they're doing and how they're doing it. My only issue, though, is the coach. That's the only thing I'm worried about. Can he manage the lineups? Unfortunately, I don't feel very good about it right now. And it's just that's that's my worry. There's that's my no worry. reason. 
There's a reason he was an assistant for 12 years before he got out. I, 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 equated it, I equated it to a player who plays all four years in college. I know it's a detriment. It's a detriment. You, you, a good player doesn't play four years in college. Very rare. Like Damian Lillard, Tim Duncan, I think the only ones that come to my mind at this moment that are great players that played all four years the last, what, 25 years? Okay? It, 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 look, he's... I don't know what I, I, they need to look at that too this summer. They need to look at that. I don't know. I don't think he's gonna, they're going to do anything about it. But it's just, it's it's just. I, I don't know. I, I that's that's an issue. Let's just put it that way. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up to date news, information, original videos, articles podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Just want to answer Adam Hurley's. If Utah loses tonight, I think we're still 11th based on tiebreakers because uh, the Lakers, as we've said on the show, I think they lose on every tiebreaker, Sean, that's out there. Yes. Yeah. The only one we haven't, we don't lose on is the Golden State Warriors. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, The only one we, we, we don't lose on is the Golden State Warriors, but uh, fortunately they're in the, I believe they're fourth position now. Yes. Go, right. go ahead. I, I don't, don't. You never want to pay attention to the current standings. You want to pay always pay attention to the loss column. The loss column is the only standing that matters because when it ends, they all play the same games unless there's a uh, pandemic or something, right? So you're talking about the loss column. It's, it's, if you see 34 after tonight for Utah, that's good. You see 34 after the Clippers game tonight. That's good. So that's what you want to pay attention to. Don't pay attention to the fact that certain teams have like three more wins than we do because they've played more games. But they're, the losses, stay, stick with no, the I'm losses. Just, well, I'm answering Adam's question. If the Lakers uh, by the end I'm of the I'm answering your I'm question. I'm answering your question. <laughs> just 31 and 34. <laughs> who is still in 11th place? It would be the Lakers based on. I'm out of order. But Laker Tom, you you want everything I just said no, went, I, through, I, went through. I know the Lakers had an advantage over one team, but it wasn't the Jazz. We lost twice to them. Yes, yeah. we play them two more times, so we can tie them. I'm just right. saying, Tom, with, with our season that we've had, we all lose almost every tiebreaker that there is because of mm-hmm. the way we played division, conference. It's been really bad Not against the Warriors. Them. Well, We're you know what? I wish it, we played it, the Warriors 82 times. Yeah. <laughs> the Lakers nice. still have a very good chance of making the I mean all of the stat nerds come up with around 50% before this win so they're probably at 60% now to make the play-in tournament the whole big question really comes out to can we somehow miraculously avoid all of the other stumble stones that we're going to run into and roadblocks that we're going to run to and injuries that are going to happen between now and the playoffs can we actually get to a point where we actually have a we're a playoff team with a healthy LeBron and AD? 
Because if we can get there, that's what we're doing all of this for. That's what this is all about. Still believing that with the, those two guys, healthy and red motivated, that we can win everything. I Once still again, believe that, even though the odds of it are dwindling every day, it seems. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 113-105 over Golden State. We are looking forward to NBA observations on Monday. Just want to mention that the Lakers trivia, do you know your Lakers trivia is coming back on Wednesday? I know that L. Rob is looking forward to beating Joe and Sean again uh, on Wednesday, but we'll see we'll what see happens about that. Or anybody else that wants to join in, please let us know. LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. But Stone, before we head it out, wanted to go ahead and give you a chance to ask what you guys are doing this week at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Please let us know. Go ahead and, you know, obviously right now the conference tournaments are coming up this week. Everybody's talking about the tournament as far as on the way. And by the way, I want to mention to everybody out there, I have started the ESPN March Madness Challenge. Go ahead and check out ESPN March Madness Challenge and go to Lakers Fast Break. I have started a big group there, so go ahead. It's free. Join on in with everybody here. I know some guys have already tried to sign up as well here on the staff, so go ahead and check it out. But Stone, what you got looking forward to? Although Tom would pick UCLA. Actually, you, that's actually not a bad choice. But Tom would pick UCLA to go all the way. Number two in the country right now, man. Yep, 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 right there. So, Stone, tell us what's up ahead for everyone out there at the Upside Swings podcast. Yeah, uh, we'll be releasing this week our podcast on uh, all the guards, uh, our top-end guards with Hassan uh, Wallace, Nick Smith, Anthony Black, um, guys of those caliber, County George, I think, as well. That should be dropping in the next few days. Uh, we'll be recording another podcast tomorrow on some more wings in this class. Um, Cam Whitmore, uh, among other names, I won't give away too much. And then we'll be doing a breakdown of sort of everybody that we think might be a prospect um, in the tournament and just sort of to see you know how they play in the tournament. And even though stock shouldn't be affected the way it is throughout a tournament, it is. Um, so it's important to make sure that you're up to date in terms of what names are playing. Um, so we'll we'll have a whole feature and breakdown on that uh, and sort of where we see guys' stocks uh, being affected. But yeah, that's all um, there and coming up. Um, and we'll, we have 50-plus podcasts planned out between now and the draft. So there's a lot of content coming forward. My gosh. That's like a hundred hours I have to go through. Honor fifty. <laughs> yeah, we have a we have quite a bit. Do you have a certification process for Gerald uh, Stone? How, how are you going to manage this now? Well, no, I'm not yeah. on there. He's I've only been on there once. It's, uh, went, it's only one of what the Lakers need, but he has three great. You know, he, there's three great guys there already. So go ahead, go ahead, Stone. Sorry. Have you gotten to the point where you picked anybody for the Lakers yet? <laughs> there's there's names out there um i've pointed in the past or have you heard about the lakers having interest in any particular players that you've been tracking not at this point every team is scouting pretty much all the players that might be have any sort of chance of being in their range um so there's no we, we won't really know that sort of stuff until we get to um uh, workouts and the combine yeah. and and all of that sort of thing uh, but for now, every team is is going to different games and, and sending different scouts to games all over the place. So 
Which uh, would be great to be able to watch the tournament with uh, with your listings of which players to watch. Um, yeah, that is by, by teams because that that's by for sure how people play in a tournament is going to determine where they're going to end up. Yeah, it uh, definitely affects stock more than it should because it's a yeah. matter of three, four games comparatively to you know the entire high school and college um, sample size that they've already given. Um, but teams obviously let that uh, affect their stock, so yeah. it is important to to keep track of. You know who's who's playing well in the tournament. So you better make sure and check out the Upside Swings NBA Draft podcast. You said fifty episodes before the NBA Draft, something like that. That is the plan. Uh, we also, uh, as Gerald knows, we do our thirty days in in uh, thirty thirty pods in thirty days series, where we record or put out a podcast every day uh, for thirty days leading up to the draft, and it's team based of every team and, and sort of what prospects they might be looking for uh and their futures so um that's a series uh, plus all the player evaluation pods that we started not too long ago and we're going to continue putting out for the foreseeable future. how's gerald going to keep up with you i don't know how <laughs> yeah if people if people want to uh you know listen uh we also know that people aren't necessarily going to have three hours every time to listen to our podcast so we do have time stamps for each players if you want to just listen to a specific oh, player. What about the UCLA players that are going into the draft? Yeah, we'll we'll get to them. But the two he's a UCLA grad, if you didn't know. <laughs> yes. Everyone, all my friends where I live are, are UCLA fans. So I have a lot of UCLA connections, uh of people that, that have gone there. Yeah, Jaime Hawkes and Jalen Clark are probably the two guys that are gonna mm-hmm. be considered. I personally uh, am a bigger fan of Jaime. I think that he is, for me, a draftable guy. Uh, I think I think Clark will probably be the first one drafted, but personally, I would I would rather take a shot on Jaime. Okay. Well, more of that. Please go ahead and check out. Appreciate it, Stone. Thank you. The no Upside problem. Swings NBA Draft Podcast. I'll be upside. listening, man. All right. That, that, Appreciate three it. great guys there. Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Get it for wherever you get your podcast. I just remembered that we'll probably have 50 shows in the can by that time as well. So <laughs> lots of podcasts. Well, I listen to 20 podcasts a week, so that's right up my alley. So no problem. Joe, Sean. That was a challenge if you did not get it. Yes. Joe, Sean, any last thoughts before we head on out? NBA observations on Monday and a rematch with L Rob on Wednesday. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Gerald, Tuesdays are really like it's a really special night. I've got it. I've I had it circled the second I uh, read the read the release. This is the ultimate respect we could pay to the legacy of Pau Gasol for uh, being the great Los Angeles leaguer that he was. Agreed. Win the game. Um, man. Win the was game. Shannon Sharp yeah. at the game. Oh, oh, Gerald. Oh. You know what, Gerald? There were in the past twenty years. There's basically been three international players who've basically helped propel and change the game into the global phenomenon it's, it is. One's Yao Ming, the and the other two are Pau and Dirk. And for European basketball players, it basically starts with Pau and Dirk. Now they're they're the legacy. They're who guys look to as an example of not only what you could accomplish on the court, 
but uh, what the game is capable of doing for you off the court as well. And I think both those gentlemen would say the same thing. And I expect Pau to be very emotional because uh, I, I do think that his number will go up beside uh, Kobe. And, um, you know, we just need to support him and uh, thank him for, for all the, the blessings that, uh, that he helped create. Very much agreed. Well said, uh, but I will, well said, I will, Sean. I will add that this though that you know if if Warford's untimely death, I think you would have put Drazen in that uh, grouping as well. But hundred percent, Gerald. Yeah, don't want to disrespect Petro. He was a he was an influence. Yes, sir. Joe, any last thoughts before we head on out, my friend? No. <laughs> Nothing on the week ahead for the Lakers. Okay. All right. One of the few times Take we can count. Grizzlies, man. That's yes. what's next. That's Take what we down need the Grizzlies. to do. Take down the Grizzlies without John Miranda. You can catch that playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Plus also as well, the best post game in town on the Los Angeles Lakers and the best chat room that's out there right here at the Lakers fast break. If you have any questions for us, always Lakers fast break, wherever you get your social media courtside Lakers on Instagram, where we're live right now. Thanks everybody for watching and listening. Also Lakers fast break at yahoo.com. So for Joe Sorrow, the smiley guy up in the corner, also saw Magic Man in the shadows right there. In the shadows right there. There's Magic Man. Stone Hansen from the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. And Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there at Lakerholics.com. Big shout out to Yami Sweet, a.k.a. Admiral Akbar. No setting traps for us on Tuesday, please, Mr. Jamie Sweet. And I know he's sad that he didn't get tickets for the game. I know he just relayed that to me. And he was really bummed about that. So I'm hoping he could go ahead and cheer himself up with a Lakers victory and a great Pau Gasol retirement with his jersey up into the Raptors ceremony. We're looking forward to that, and we'll talk about it all on Tuesday, plus our NBA observations on Monday. And do you know your Lakers trivia on Wednesday? That's all coming up this week for you right here.